welcome to Telling the Tale. My name is Mitchell Farley Wolf, and I'm here with Dustin Jackson. How's it going? At last, we are here to continue Tales from the Borderland. That's right. Tales. Get it? At last? No, I do. I, That's a stretch. I, I got it. You didn't. Tales from the Borderlands Episode 2 Atlas Mugged was released originally on March 17th, 2015, written by Shoret, Breslau, Jordan, and Sterp, uh, designed by McManus, and directed by Jonathan Stouter. Ooh, Stouter. Yeah. That's a good name. Uh, so this episode kicks off uh, with, a, with a cool open. We got one of these openers last episode too, right? Yeah, but I didn't know if we were going to keep getting them because I thought it was just something to fill you in on what was happening in the series. But I guess this is our uh, previously on Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. And it has really nice illustrations. It has really nice illustrations. I was going to uh, comment on that. Also worth commenting is uh, at the beginning of that, it says, look, it's been a while. I know. Uh, and that <laughs> is probably because the first episode of Tales from the Borderlands was released on november 25th 2014 think of that in your Mm -hmm. head what were you doing on november 25th 2014 um i could not for the life of you probably playing the wii u (laughs) um and then episode two was released on march 17th 2015 that's uh that's a long time that's four months later quite quite a that's quite a bit of time that's a pretty big gap. Have we had a gap that size before? In a I don't regular remember. season like this? I don't think so. Yeah. No. Um, Interesting. So our biggest one. Yeah, Bone 1 and 2 was longer, but Bone was not really. But those are, those are kind of considered separate. They're kind of considered separate, but only because yeah. they didn't finish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they if they finished, they'd probably be considered a season. Yeah, well, I don't know, because I remember you could buy, like, each one on its own separate disc. Yeah, that's true. That was a time where they were doing the episodic thing, but you were still able to buy every episode individually. Yeah. Uh, which is how things kind of worked back day, back in the day. It wasn't considered that big of a deal to have a physical release of a game, because, I mean, let's let's face it, CDs are pretty cheap. You don't need to try that hard to put out a cd in a market where everyone is just putting cds on the market nowadays if you're putting out a physical product you're you're saying something about that product you're saying it's big right you're saying it's a big deal this is big 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 um so dustin what do you think about atlas mugged in general Mitchell, I gotta be honest, this episode really didn't do that much for me i it wasn't bad i didn't have a bad time doing it but i think just after how much I enjoyed the first episode, this one kind of falls short. Yeah, um, it definitely feels like a like an in between episode. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Like it doesn't feel like and like there are big things that happen in this episode, but it doesn't feel like very many big things happen this episode. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. Like to to put it into context, in the first episode, we're introduced to Reese and Vaughn and Fiona and Sasha and august and vasquez uh which is basically the entire cast each of them felt very full-bodied each of them had uh goals and personalities that were given time to shine it was quite a bit longer than this episode i feel 
It was yeah. uh it was bombastic, it was loud. There was stuff with like Bossa Nova and Zero where we were introduced to those characters uh where we we'd probably know Zero if we played the other Borderlands games, but even not playing those Borderlands games, they they felt like complete individuals and they were given so many little moments to shine. The whole thing with Felix was like a complete arc in the first mm-hmm. episode. It it was introduced, the characters went on a journey and it was resolved. And this is like, okay, we're taking a very small window of time after that moment. Oh, and like the whole you, you see the uh you see the deal to buy the vault key in episode one. Yeah. From two different perspectives, and it's such a cool like story device thing that i don't think i i appreciated enough at the time because i just felt like oh we're gonna get something like that every episode we did not get anything like that this yeah episode. yeah this episode's pretty it's just about them going somewhere <laughs> until yeah until the very there are some i guess big things that happen but really nothing hits nothing feels like it hits as hard as that first episode does it's not only that but like the the couple things that happen this episode it feels like they're repeated um yeah you you have three of what feels like kind of the same conversation with uh handsome jack in your head you have two of what feels like kind of the same conversation with vasquez who's trying to intimidate you right um if yeah. it feels like a lot of characters don't get much time to shine either like i don't remember sasha doing much of anything in this episode i have a good sasha moment I, oh okay I, i'll i'll also be perfectly fair i was pretty tired i was playing this at like 1 a.m last night so i oh, was wow. a little tired uh but nothing in this episode really did much to wake me up uh, oh man, this is this is coming up more negative than I expected. But yeah, and I liked it fine. I I didn't have a bad time playing this. I still wanted to see where it was going. I just by the end of it, I was kind of left with feeling like, oh, that's it. I guess. Well, what's interesting is that this episode is called Atlas Mugged, which yeah. implies a theft of something related to the company Atlas, and. Once you finish the episode, you realize that the thing it's referring to actually happened at the end of the last episode when mm-hmm. they th- they fall into that like Atlas old uh, tech vault, not a vault in Borderlands terms, just sort of their own little thing where they've got all kinds of Atlas knickknacks and toys uh, and they took some and that's what Atlas Mugged is referring to still. It's still that. Yeah. Uh, not enough happened in this episode that was uh, worthy of putting it apart to the side so that they could name the episode after it. Yeah. And I hear really, really good things about this season. Like, people say it's one of the best Telltale games, so maybe it picks up after... I mean, every season has its low point. Sure, So yeah. Usually it's episode four. I feel like sometimes it's episode two. That's how it was in Sam and Max season two, uh, Tales of Monkey Island. Uh, definitely not The Devil's Playhouse, though. That was my favorite one. I, I don't know if I would agree about Tales of Monkey Island. Episode two seemed... You liked episode two the least. You said you liked episode two the least. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't... I it, I do like it the least, but I would not say that it's an outlier in the way that, like, Maui Better Blues is 
or the way that you, this you feels this much the way that atlas mug feels that much worse than uh zero sum oh no i i agree um like i liked all of tales of monkey island but you're you're saying like it it didn't feel like a bad episode amongst a sea of good episodes um i don't remember if we commented on tales of monkey island's consistency but mm-hmm. that just felt like a continuous like source of video game to go through and <laughs> i think that the final episode of tales of monkey island is quite a bit better than anything that came before it but it's still all of the same type all of the same kind uh, right this feels like a particular step down from episode one and given I agree. the long release gap between episode one and this i wonder if they realized especially because this would have been during the uh the beginning of the peak of crunch culture at telltale that we know about because of uh former developers interviews and things that eventually led to them taking on way too much uh work for how much money they were getting in and and paying too much for licenses for how much they were making back that eventually Mm -hmm. put the company under so like they put out this sort of massive adventure game in episode one and then for episodes two through five maybe they needed to scale back a lot i i guess that's understandable i mean we even said last episode like it felt like a particularly big episode oh yeah i mean is there Uh, any i wouldn't hold it against them if they couldn't keep that going zero sum is probably the largest scope single telltale episode we had ever seen on this I podcast would agree right? i would agree with that i i can't think of anything bigger yeah that one was surprising with how big it was yeah um certainly not any csi cases uh Thankfully. probably <laughs> yeah i i don't think there's a sam and max devil's playhouse that feels bigger um walking dead and wolf among us now i don't i don't think there's anything at least in terms of like development scope and how big the episode feels nothing compares with tales from the borderlands episode one it really hits the ground running it makes a good first impression and then kind of stumbles here yeah well i but i like i said i still had a good enough time yeah i the the thing is it's only in retrospect once the episode wrapped up that i realized like oh that kind of didn't do much because as i was going through it i was like yeah okay this this all checks out this is yeah it doesn't feel like a tonal disconnect it doesn't feel non-canon or like fan fiction compared to the first one it just feels like yeah oh yeah this would be where the characters end up going next (laughs) uh just just kind of the slow point in the story yeah if, if i could uh to to like break it down into just a few bullet points this episode starts in that Atlas thing where mm-hmm. uh, Fiona realizes that they're going to be hunted down by someone named Athena for the uh, for the Gordas project that they they got. Which, if you remember, last episode was this device that maps out all the locations of the vaults and the vault keys on Pandora. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty fancy little gadget they got cool gizmo it reminds me of it reminds me of treasure planet oh i love treasure planet we've 
probably I adore talked Treasure about Planet. on this podcast before. <laughs> no one, it feels like such an underrated, well, okay, this is going, I'm going to stop myself before it goes too off track, but I enjoy it a lot. I would, oh, I would watch Treasure Planet right now, but, uh, man, I love that movie. Same. It's good. That was, that was, yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, all right, if Mitchell wants to get into it. I do it, we'll want to, it. but we have, we have work to do. We're on the clock. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, while that's happening, the part of Reese's mind that has been implanted with, uh, the Dr. Nakayama's, uh, data, I guess. Handsome Jack is now in Reese's head all the time. He's just there. Yeah, basically an upload of Handsome Jack's entire personality shortly before he was killed in Borderlands 2. Yeah. Um, Handsome Jack has very strong Hades from Hercules vibes. Interesting. Okay. I got I got some strong Hades from Hercules energy from him. I got real I, Borderlands energy from him. <laughs> I, I think that probably makes more sense. <laughs> I think in the first episode we talked about how um the reputation that Borderlands sense of humor had 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 sort of turned us off of the franchise for a while, and we yeah. were pleasantly surprised by at least most characters in Tales not behaving quite that way mm-hmm. um i i think i called out Loderbot as one of the exceptions like he still kind of makes jokes in the way that i would have expected from borderlands uh handsome jack fits the stereotype <laughs> handsome jack's <laughs> uh sense of humor is all borderlands that that i've been thinking hades though i i like that poll i'm not sure i feel it but I, I well, I just I just mean like personality wise. It feels like if you put her, if you put Hades into a Borderlands, that's who you would get. Like just the way he speaks, he's he's very kind of like this, very jokey, very wisecracky, but kind of kind of down here a little bit, a little more uh, realistic about it, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I I feel it. Um. Kind of the kind of guy who kind of moves his hands while he's talking. Like, hey, let's go. So right from the beginning, Handsome Jack is kind of being antagonistic toward Reese. Right. Um, you know, in, in a way that it, it kind of almost triggered my like, oh, these telltale characters aren't just going to talk it out. Uh, <laughs> that that response that I've grown over time that like oh Wallace can't you just say you're not marrying her <laughs> Wallace you absolute fool <laughs> Wallace I don't need to pick up the pieces of your broken mind every time you talk to a human <laughs> I love I love that Wallace is public enemy number one for you <laughs> <laughs> Wallace's inability to just express any thoughts that he has in a way that <laughs> would make sense drives me up the wall and there's a little bit of this with reese that thankfully doesn't last that long when he's talking to handsome jack because handsome jack doesn't understand that he's dead he doesn't understand that he's like a hologram that only exists in reese's head at first um and no matter what dialogue options that i click so hard uh it doesn't seem to make reese be able to just say no look you're you're like a data thing (laughs) 
No, you know, like yeah, there are, are one of those. There are a few choices you can say to just tell him, look, you're dead, man. Yeah, you can but say you're dead, but that doesn't... That doesn't clear it up for yeah, him. Yeah, that doesn't sell the entirety of what's happening. You're not just dead. You aren't the real guy. You're just some data. You are like a computer. You're no different than a Tamagotchi. He should have said you're no different than a Tamagotchi. Oh, you know what? Okay, I had a thought. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I, I wanted to make sure that this uh, reached the show. Okay. Later on, Fiona and Sasha will go back or have the option to go back to Felix's home the where they grew up. Um, and if at the home you examine the lamp on Felix's desk... Uh, Fiona says, I had to basically force him to get that lamp once his eyesight started to go. And that's kind of a humanist, a humanizing moment for Felix. I, I liked that. It mm-hmm. gave him some character. He didn't have a lot yeah. of character in the first episode, so that was nice. Uh, and then Sasha goes, oh yeah, he was stubborn. I basically had to force him to move from floppy disks to CDs. Or like something with floppy disks. Like he still used floppy disks. He was that stubborn. Um... And that that raised a lot of questions for me of, wait, are we in the same kind of technology cycle as in real life 2014? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, is this... I thought this was, like, in the future or something. Yeah, I, I had thought this was far future. Um, but is this just completely fantasy? I'm going to look up, does Earth uh, exist in Borderlands? <laughs> is borderlands fantasy okay it was the fourth result on google seems high uh randy (laughs) pitchford says there's no earth in borderlands but it's so it's basic yes okay so it's basically like an alternate world kind of rather than just our well what are your thoughts on that okay but there's also a reddit post that says does Earth exist in the Borderlands universe? And uh, someone comments and says, Earth is flat in the Borderlands universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't played them, so I guess I can't argue. Okay, so Earth was never mentioned. Earth, in, uh, uh, Apparently, Earth is never mentioned in canon in the Borderlands universe. So we're not in the far future, We're necessarily. We're just in an alternate reality that might have its own technology right. which is which makes sense because when they talk about like oh 10 million dollars i'm thinking like 10 million dollars is a very right now large amount of money yeah um uh i'd love to have 10 million dollars yeah you'd think that we'd be on to credits or something sci-fi by now but uh borderlands has basically said no it's right now in the in the timing of the setting but because of the different circumstances it's going to feel very different it's the year 2056 i've got my gloopy tokens yeah i yeah how many gloopy tokens is 10 million dollars probably a a bundle yeah like four probably probably like four that's a lot yeah bitcoin was kind of getting that way bitcoin is like hey we named ourselves after a single coin so one of them is like fourteen thousand dollars (laughs) Um, i never i never messed with any of that stuff so i don't know yeah i I observed from afar you could be telling me like the biggest lies in the world and i would believe everything that came out of your mouth 
Um, okay, so that makes that makes a lot of sense. I, I I was sort of raising my eyebrow at the floppy disk comment, especially. Okay, hang on. In Sasha's life, <laughs> uh huh. At the the whole thing with Atlas, like everything Atlas did, must have been before. Like Sasha was born, or or at least around then, right? Uh, I think so because Sasha's like twenty four. I think. Oh, I, I thought she was like twenty flat, or, or I don't know, but uh, probably, probably early twenties, right? Um, I yeah, I want to say twenty four, since you can scan the characters and oh, see their okay, ages. then yeah, sure, twenty four. Um, that could be wrong. I don't want to, but somewhere around there, yeah. Okay, so so maybe she was alive when when Atlas was doing this stuff. I don't know how long ago it was, but. Um, mm-hmm. That technology Atlas was doing was already far above floppy disks. Uh, <laughs> I assume. I assume that the Gordis project does not run on floppy disks. Yeah, I mean, you got like personality drives you can stick into your head. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you have personality drives you can stick into your head, and it injects memories into you Matrix style. But, uh, like some computers run on floppies. That's. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's just that much of a statement on how old-fashioned Felix was, that he was using the, this, like, 300-year-old technology still. <laughs> I guess I could buy that. Maybe. Yeah, it, you'd think that it would be he would be using it because he's used to it, but, like, it should be before his lifetime, too. Yeah. We were definitely not meant to think this much about that one line, but uh, it was it was a weird one. It really stuck out. Yeah. So after after a, a brief conversation with Handsome Jack in Reese's head and uh, Fiona learning about Athena, who shows up in this episode a bit to make their lives hard, but like doesn't sort of reveal their plot significance yet. Um, mm-hmm. They see these moonshots, which are giant bombs coming from helios coming from this uh the space station and they're they're trying to kill reese and vaughn they're just straight up trying to hit them with a giant bonnet bomb and hope they die uh, <laughs> so then there's a there's a car scene where they're driving away from the bombs and there's the, like a large rancor looking thing that they gotta fight in the car scene yeah the the rock hive i believe it's called a rack hive a rack hive cool yeah, I liked this part. This kind of got my hopes up for the episode. I thought, okay, this is action-packed. This is... But it, it does just kind of result in them getting separated again. Yeah, so the back side of their car flies out, and Vaughn and Reese sort of fly out of it while Fiona and Sasha go forward to where they were going. Um, but the way this happens... It, 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 there, there's another very cool song which I did not do as much research on as I did uh, Busy Earning from last episode. Right. But uh, there's another very cool it song that plays. I loved that song. And there's like a cool so, uh, slow motion scene of Reese grabbing onto Vaughn and then uh, Fiona grabbing onto to Reese's foot but like he, she only got a grab of his shoe and he flies out of his shoe 
to the, the I can't describe it in a way that sounds as cool as it looked, but it was very cool. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was. I did too. Um, yeah, that, that I want to by the by the time we finish this season, I definitely want to go on to Spotify and see if anyone's made a cool playlist of the Tales from the Borderlands song. Uh, yeah, I've been happy with the song so far. Well, it's usually like I guess this is probably going to be a. a a pattern where every episode has one song that is a pop culture song from outside of this. And then Jared Emerson Johnson does the rest of the soundtrack and much more of yeah. a score kind of way. He does a good job. I forget if I said it last episode, but I really liked his uh, music for this so far. Has he ever struck out? I don't think so. I can't think of a bad Jared Emerson Johnson soundtrack. Yeah, I can't either. I think, uh, the Walking Dead might be like the least memorable. Yeah, but it makes sense. It it fits with the story. It's more melancholy. Yeah, I can't think it's of still, a Jared it still has... Johnson song from Walking yeah. Dead. Walking Dead still it does have some classics in there that I really like. Some really good standout tracks. Season two has the Bosco's Shop song. <laughs> That's true. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Uh, but there's like Clementine's theme is good. I really like the gauntlet from season one. That's the part where Lee's like uh, in episode five when Lee's slashing through all the walkers to get oh, to the marsh you're house. Right. Yeah. Okay. There are some good ones. There are some good ones. There's a few, but I do agree just due to the nature of the game. It doesn't have best that in the biz. Jared Emerson Johnson. So good. Good job. Without Jared Emerson Johnson. I wonder if Telltale would have ever even been Telltale. That music's um, that... critical to at least Sam and Max and uh, and a few others. Yeah, I think Sam and Max, I don't know if it's his best. I would really need to like listen to all of the soundtracks side by side. But I, I remember so many. I, think it's I so remember good. so many of those Sam and Max tracks pretty strongly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's so many good songs in Sam and Max. And, and there's a lot of great atmospheric, not atmospheric, it's, it's very melodic, but... Uh, just more background-ish kind of songs for Tales uh, from the Borderlands as well. Mm -hmm. A lot lot of good music choices. I'm really excited to go into Minecraft and just to see like, okay, this tone is so different than anything Telltale's ever done. What did Jared Emerson Johnson do? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I remember hearing, and I don't know if this is true, but I remember hearing something about the music is the reason why they can't re-release uh, Minecraft Story Mode, like, from a friend recently. Oh, did they use some so, licensed music? Maybe. I would need to go back and read exactly what he said, but I think he, he was saying something with the music is the big reason why it hasn't been re-released. That's interesting, because if it was Jared Emerson Johnson's music, I'm sure that it would be resolved yeah, it would he be seems fine. to be very easy to work with by a lot of these companies nowadays that just want yeah. to put the games back out mm-hmm. hmm. uh yeah that's interesting so after that what happens next after that point you play as reese um first and uh vasquez catches up with you Right, Patrick Warburton himself. Patrick Warburton comes out. He tries to shoot you. He forgets that he doesn't know how a gun is. <laughs> and uh, Handsome Jack sort of gives uh, gives Reese's ocular implant thing the ability to hack into more stuff just from standing there. So he 
well, you're given a choice of what to hack into. You can hack into the car or the gun. I hacked into the gun. See, I hacked into the car. Okay, tell me how that went. So Reese hacks into the car and he makes it drive itself and drive right into Vasquez. Great. Did you, did he die? <laughs> no, he did, he surprisingly did not die. Yeah, I didn't think that he would because that seems like a really good way to get out of that one. Um, I made the gun basically overheat and almost explode. Uh, because that's pretty he good too. Couldn't hold it anymore, and he, he was uh, sort of like knocked back. Oh, uh, jeez, it hurt. Yeah, uh, Vasquez's villainousness in this episode is really starting to to blossom i i think uh yeah vasquez was maybe one of the characters i i connected to the least in the first episode because well for one it is just joe swanson (laughs) that's true how can i hate joe swanson he does not look like a patrick warburton character no he doesn't um at least not this performance i think for him i i don't necessarily think patrick warburton couldn't play this guy but i don't really get uh get that connection yeah this guy feels a bit like well for one he just physically looks a lot gaunter or like thinner than i think a patrick warburton character would look because i Mm -hmm. I think of that voice as a that's a big guy that's cronk that's joe swanson's face uh joe swanson has a large face That should be the name of the episode if we did names. <laughs> Joe Swanson, Joe has, Swanson a has a large face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and like this guy doesn't have that that like largeness to him that I would expect. Also, Patrick Warburton's very over the top, and I feel like I, I mm, this guy, this design. Just doesn't strike me as someone who would have, like, this bombastic a voice. This, uh, ooh. I'm, I'm trying to think of, who would who would you, if it needs to be a kind of big name actor, or larger name actor for this character, who would you put, who would you cast? I'm not sure that's actually what I was thinking of. I was wondering, like, well, if I'm not, if I'm not buying Patrick Warburton, who would I cast there? And nothing super comes to mind right away. Do you have one? Well, I, I would... Maybe go to another extreme away from this, and it might sound weird, but like I'm thinking of Steve Buscemi or someone who's got like a real, uh, like business slimy voice that they can pull off. I could see that, but but like more of he he's more twerpish than than uh, Joe Swanson, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Patrick Warburton, because this guy doesn't. This guy is not physically intimidating most of the time, right? Like, he does punch right. Reese in the stomach, and Reese didn't seem to have a way to get out of that. But, like... He, he's not, like, a weakling, but, yeah, he's... I don't think he's, like, a big bodybuilder strongman. Yeah, he wields his his expensive toys and his money and his power and his connections at Hyperion much more than he's a physically intimidating villain. And they use Patrick Warburton for brutes, you know that that's kind of the the yeah. vibe that he he's going for, and it it just it doesn't seem to line up, but it, it's still fun. I like that voice. 
Yeah, I just like that it's Patrick Warburton. I just agree he should have gone like a little slimier with it. He's he's a little broad, I think. A little too, like a pinch on the jovial side with this guy. Yeah, like from from the uh, from the context of what he's saying in in the narrative of the story, I'd feel like this guy should be very stressed out most of the time. Like, he's still winning in his little dick measuring contest against Reese. Uh, <laughs> he's he's in the lead. But he should be very annoyed that Reese has made his life that much worse. And then Patrick Warburton plays him with this bravado of, like, nothing really phases me. I'm, uh, I'm gonna be okay. I'm not... Yeah, I'm just gonna shoot you and dig your own graves. Yeah. Reese, you stood up to me. You got balls. I admire that. Uh, like that's really cool. <laughs> Teach me how to do that, Reese, with the eye thing. I, <laughs> I wish he was just Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if he, if they just modeled him differently and maybe changed a couple of his lines, I think that it would be totally fine. Um, yeah, like I I don't think he doesn't work as a character in this story. It's just there's some disconnect. Yeah, and also now that they have Patrick Warburton, can they go back and change Devil's Playhouse and just make that make Sal actually Patrick Warburton or hmm. Hmm. Do you think do you think they're going to do that for the remaster? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't neither, because but... Skunk Ape did not make Tales from the Borderlands. No, I mean the remaster of devil's playhouse do you think they could get just get patrick warburton to do sal well yeah i i don't think that that's what i meant i don't think skunk Ape oh. has tales from the borderlands connections anymore mm-hmm. uh, i mean they could try to ask i don't know uh but no i don't i don't <laughs> think they would i guess i guess anyone could ask anything when you think about it yeah the the voice in in sal it's i why would you change it you know it's i it's not... i kind of like that it's knockoff <laughs> it's like warburton. almost patrick warburton yeah. yeah um yeah this really says how much there is to say about this episode we've gone off on so many tangents yeah so vasquez tries to make uh vaughn and reese dig their own graves which i think is a nice arch touch to his character that made me feel something like yeah <laughs> i don't know when he was telling him to do it i was kind of like oh it's, okay that's that's that hits me a little bit it didn't in rick and morty when like they had to dig their own graves yeah but something about it here i was kind of like Ugh. <laughs> you, you said that like those are the only two times anyone's ever had to dig their own grave and like <laughs> well in in the collection of things i know about graves uh rick and morty funny this <laughs> scary uh those are the two extremes <laughs> and also at this point it's revealed that vaughn might have made a deal with vasquez in order to turn reese over but he didn't do it so you can either choose to uh, forgive vaughn or make it seem like you're really mad at him Here, the thing about this scene is on one hand i think it's pretty well done because i really couldn't get a read on it like, I was thinking, like, he sounds pretty, like, telling the truth that he wouldn't have done yeah. it, but I don't know. It's it's possible. Um, but on the other hand, it, I also kind of get a feeling that it might not come up again. That could be totally wrong, too. But the way they were kind of saying it, I don't know. I think it'll uh, come up again. I guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but uh, if it does, then good, because I... I like it. They didn't have like any tells like, oh, he's lying. Yeah. The trick is I don't trust Chris Hardwick. That's true. <laughs> Did you know 
I did we talk about this last time how he voiced Otis the Cow in the Barnyard TV we show. We did but not we did talk about it, yeah. That's the one <laughs> thing I know about. It. <laughs> uh Vaughn had a little episode in this episode where he he peed on his shirt and put it on his head like a turban uh for desert reasons. And then while he did that it was revealed that he's incredibly buff under his shirt he just has a weird buff body yeah it's it's so buff that like it makes people uncomfortable handsome jack is like fascinated with it and vasquez stops putting them at gunpoint for a second to give him a shirt (laughs) um yeah i like that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they they get away and then you have the option uh you have a choice that you make while you're sort of flying loader bot away uh to either uh go with go to find sasha and fiona at hollow point or like which which is where they said they were going to go or old haven which is where they were eventually going to go right so either meeting up with them there or just meeting them at the final spot yeah i have a feeling that we probably did the same thing uh did you go to hollow point yeah Yeah, me too Mm -hmm. yeah i just it just Just because i I wanted to get more character interaction between them yeah i i wasn't interested in i being there alone yeah because like if it was if this was the walking dead i would imagine there there might be a, a drastic consequence to not having fiona and reese be friends anymore but in this i know we're ending in the desert the same way we're we're this is all a story that we're telling to this bandit who's kidnapping us mm-hmm. so i don't know uh i like i like when they play around with uh them just it just being a story they're telling like uh, yeah when fiona kind of embellishes how bad von or reese's fall was at the beginning <laughs> he's like there was not a fountain of blood yeah i'm still alive <laughs> be serious about this uh, what I think is interesting is that in the way they lie about this story to embellish it, uh, clearly indicates that Reese lives in Fiona's head rent-free a lot more than the reverse. Yeah. Because <laughs> when Reese lies, he lies to, like, prop himself up. He he lies mostly only about his own stuff. He wants to be a, a good-looking character. When Fiona lies... Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that for herself. She's only lying to make Reese look worse. (laughs) (laughs) That's all she needs. That's all she needs to get out of this. Both lies are only about Reese. Uh, (laughs) So so Reese is just like, yeah, you know, Fiona's in my life. Fiona's like, I either have a crush on him or I hate him. I don't know, but I'm focused on him a lot. Uh, which is yeah. kind of funny. That's a good dynamic. I want I want him to look as bad as possible. <laughs> yeah, to this to this mean stranger in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I care about what he thinks about Reese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I went to Hollow Point. I, I'm figuring that like going to Old Haven first is only going to introduce stress. It just doesn't seem worth it yeah um so in hollow point then you you shift perspective to fiona and sasha who need to get their car fixed up because it's half gone 
So they go to some guy named Scooter. And uh, he does it. Yeah. How do you feel about Scooter? I liked Scooter. Yeah, Scooter, he had a good heart. Scooter Scooter was really horny. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I think it's <laughs> fascinating whenever uh, the media like this chooses to present a character as very horny, but like not really in a mean or bad way. <laughs> because you can make him a yeah. creep and he's he's not he's just sort of really horny <laughs> he's really horny but he's a super nice guy yeah he's he's really nice about being way too horned for the job uh yeah and and one, one of the very few sasha moments in this episode is when you're playing as fiona you're talking to scooter and you're like okay can you can you please help us get this machine back in working condition and it it for me, it, it looked like it wasn't really going to happen and we didn't have the money for it. But uh, we had the option of calling Sasha over. Did you do this? Um, I, I mean, I was able to I was just able to afford a car upgrade. Well, I was I was able to afford a car upgrade as well. But like the main. Uh oh no yeah on it was was far so, above what you could possibly have i said i would sponsor him if i ever did another one of those oh races. that's cool um yeah i just said hey look if i'm ever in another one of those death races again you can bet uh scooters catch a ride will be right there yeah i didn't say that because i didn't want to do another <laughs> i didn't want to do another race <laughs> Uh, I think one's good enough for a life. Well, he also said, like, I'll put your name on billboards and stuff. And, like, that to me sounded like a really bad idea. <laughs> that That's not a good thing if you're a wanted criminal. Yeah. Uh, but I also like that you now have that. So there might be billboards <laughs> for you yeah. in your game in the future. I, I, I guess we'll see. Um, so it wasn't quite going. But then I had the option of calling Sasha over. And Sasha walks up. And Scooter looks at Sasha. And he goes, like chin to the floor like wily e. coyote just saw a boob auga yeah real auga vibes from scooter and he did do that for me too oh okay okay uh but like that was the thing that pushed him over the edge of like okay he'll fix it up for free uh just because yeah. he's he's too horned to function yeah so for me it was just saying i'll sponsor he can sponsor me next race i never said i was gonna do another race i just said if i do another one um (laughs) but but he still he still went all uh jaw to the ground eyes bucking out of his head for sasha as well yeah it's interesting because after this conversation once you get uh scooter's favor and he starts fixing your car fiona and sasha have a little conversation and uh sasha's it for me at least said uh, I hate having to be like the flirty one. It's gross. Next time you do it, Fiona. And <laughs> it, it's interesting that she felt that way because I I felt like Sasha wasn't really doing anything. She just sort of walked up and said, are you sure there's nothing you can do? Like, I think I would do that. Am I being flirty? Am I being more flirty <laughs> than I realize in my day-to-day activities, Dustin? <laughs> Maybe you might be putting out some signals. Because what Sasha did did not seem that flirty. She did, like she just walked up and said, "Hey, are you sure?" And Scooter, Scooter was horny enough to like do the rest in his own imagination. 
he's the one maybe that, that put her over the edge. Because she, maybe Sasha's that's just that good at it. She just has to come in and be like, "Hey, what's up?" Well, if if it's something that Sasha's good at, it's not just what she's saying. Like her walking up was enough, and she wasn't doing yeah. a catwalk or anything. She just sort of walked up, and that already had starstruck Scooter. That was already enough to just put him over the edge. This guy is repressed. He does not have. He does not have magazines. That's he. He did have a calendar. He had a calendar with with a scantily clad lady riding a giant wrench like it was a rocket ship. Yeah, it looked like a cool calendar. <laughs> it looked like a cool. Sometimes, yes, yeah, so I feel like that should be enough to get the job done. But I guess not. Yeah, same one every day. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can look forward to the new one next month. <laughs> Yeah, Scooter's got to make hard rules for himself that he does not peak to the next month. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to ruin the surprise. (laughs) Looking forward to the first day of the next month like it's Christmas. (laughs) Every day, mm, we're getting there. (sighs) Last Thursday of the month. And then he just uses the same calendar again for the next year. (laughs) (laughs) It's just as good. (laughs) Just as good 12 months later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's been 11 months without seeing Miss September. You you get pretty upset about it. Um, <laughs> so they do a few things in Hollow Point. They do that thing I was talking about where they uh, go to Felix's house where they find like an old message from him left in the case that he died. And mm-hmm. um, he said that Valerie is going to be looking for you now. So that's a bummer. That would be a weird thing to find in a in a box. I would yeah. be very worried. Yeah. I would be very worried if I saw a note that said Valerie is going to be coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Run, change your names, leave the town. And at this point in the episode, I was so like I'm not I'm not I wasn't tired, but there were already so many little plot things of like, okay, had I heard of Valerie before? And thankfully mm. I hadn't. Uh, <laughs> that would have been embarrassing. Well, yeah, because like there was already Athena, and I was like, "Wait, was her name Valerie?" I thought it was. Yeah, I got I got confused with that too. I thought they were talking about the same person at first. Yeah, I have in my notes Athena, comma Valerie, comma I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Uh, but thankfully, Fiona looks over to Sasha and goes, "Do you know who Valerie is?" And Sasha's like, "I don't. I don't even. I don't know." <laughs> which which made me resonate with the characters because we both didn't know neither of us had any idea who this was uh then you you have a lot of little opportunities in this scene to pick up a bunch of grenades i picked up three i also got three i felt good about getting three of them good job Uh, and then some bounty hunters come in and uh you you basically trash them and then you leave, and then Athena chases you, and whoa! But then you get it away, and then you go back to scooters, and your car is done. And also Reese is there with Vaughn, so you just leave, and that's that's Hollow Point. Yeah, you, um, yeah, I liked it. I kind of wish we spent a little more time here. I kind of liked the energy of Hollow Point. Yeah, a yeah. lot more, a lot more than the place where we were going. It felt like very uh, wouldn't it? Did, I couldn't tell if it was like on a dock or not, but it kind of felt like a docky. Uh, town yeah i think we brought it up before but it's it's kind of like midgar from final fantasy 7 but for trash people 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, Pokemon Coliseum, Pyrite Town. Ooh, that's a good Sim- one. Similar to Pyrite Town. Pyrite Town's a little cleaner than this, but I, I think it's the dirtiest thing in Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then you you do eventually uh, just go to Old Haven, where you need to find in like the most point and clicky part of the whole episode. You just sort of use Reese's eye to find uh like power things in the walls and you right. uncover a giant atlas lab that was in the ground the whole time whoa holy shit you go in there everyone's already dead fiona says it was probably athena i don't know how she f- knew that uh but at a certain point august shows up from the last episode he was the one that you tried to sell the fake vault key through and he's with vasquez now they're teaming up what yeah, and Vasquez takes Reese, August takes Fiona, and they have the two parts of the Gordis core still. And they're the only people that can touch them. If it anyone else touches them, they get shocked really badly. They get a nasty little shower. They get a nasty little shower of electricity in, through their whole body. Uh, it, and there's some really stupid conversations. I, I, I think that the worst one has got to be August talking about, like, I still really like Sasha... To Fiona while <laughs> he's got Fiona at gunpoint. And I thought it would yeah, be funny like, if great. I just like played Fiona like an actual supportive friend of August in this instance. Hey, buddy, come on. Did you do this? I had the option uh, of uh, August was saying, I don't know. I think Fiona or I think Sasha and I have uh, something something really special going on. And I <laughs> chose to say as uh, Fiona, yeah, I think you just got to talk it through. i think i did pick that that was (laughs) and and, uh august seems to really believe you he's like yeah i think we should talk it through you're right all the while he's got a gun to your back and he's he seems to not be understanding that he's putting her in a place where she can't trust him (laughs) but you're having this real heart to heart with one another Mm -hmm. uh yeah and then reese and uh and Vasquez just kind of have their regular, uh, oh, you suck, uh, oh, no, you suck, actually. Well, while that's happening, Handsome Jack is active. Oh, he's trying to think of where he remembers this guy. Yeah, he, like, remembers Vasquez kind of, uh, but it must have been a little while. And uh, yeah. he finds out that Vasquez was his wallet head. <laughs> yeah his uh punching he choose chose to be his punching bag because in reese's head he's like oh shit he was his punching bag and then you're kind of like oh but he would never say that and then vasquez just kind of says i was his punching bag i was his punching bag he he found a certain amount of pride in being his punching bag specifically yeah i mean <laughs> whatever you need <laughs> i guess yeah uh <laughs> and uh it, it, he has this he has this story of handsome jack when uh vasquez was working in the mail room handsome jack would stop by because vasquez was bald at the time and stick money to his head and <laughs> what a what a thing <laughs> yeah and he had these hair transplants that weren't really working uh <laughs> so he said oh yeah your wallet head didn't recognize you with your hair uh and then so because handsome jack says this and vasquez can't hear it uh reese has the option of like subtly hinting at hmm 
I think you're just a wallet head. You're just a little wallet head, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I think you should take those two cents and stick them on the back of your head because you're just a wallet head. Wallet head! <laughs> and Vasquez goes, I was uh, trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, th- that that half of the conversation was pretty funny. Um, okay, so then Reese is led to a place where he can put in his half of the Gordas core, and Fiona is read- led to a different place where she can do that as well. And then they're kind of brought together in this giant. Um, is it Cerebro? Like from X Men? Uh, it looks like Cerebro. Um... This room that's just a big sphere and you're kind of like on a platform in the center of it. Well, yeah, see, this is the part that reminded me of Treasure Planet. That's what came to mind mm. for me. Uh, oh, it also kind of looked like the uh, the Senate in Star Wars. In the, the yeah. Star Wars prequels where there's like floating platforms that come to the center. So Palpatine can talk to his constituents and, and like all the, 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 uh, the circumference of the sphere of the room. Right, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So they f- they float into the center. They turn on Cerebro. Handsome Jack is also there with Reese because he has to be. Um, and it the two halves of the core produce this like ball, and uh, Reese touches it wrong, I guess. <laughs> and it falls down. Yeah, it falls down. But he well he ca- he caught it for me. He did catch it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you could maybe not catch it or something. Yeah, I made sure to catch it. But you weren't supposed to, I guess, because that the security <laughs> system doesn't like that. And then there's these like floating turret looking robot things that come up both in this room where Fiona and uh, Reese are hard separated from everyone else, including Vaughn and Sasha and also August and Vasquez uh, and, and some grunts. They're outside, and they've also got some some turrets going on. Uh, and you're given a choice between, as Reese, uh, trusting Fiona, because Fiona says, I have an idea, or trusting Handsome Jack, because Handsome Jack says, if you give me uh, access to your core processes, I can hack into this facility. Uh, what did you do? Who did you trust? I trusted, I trusted Fiona just because... You know, she at least seems on the level. Handsome Jack was not necessarily a cool guy. Even though that seemed like... It kind of seemed like a more surefire, like, guaranteed success. Yeah, everything he was saying, it didn't seem that manipulative. It just seemed like, yeah, he's gonna... He could figure this out. I kind of like that with this. I like that even though Handsome Jack is kind of the sketchier guy between uh, him and Fiona... Fiona's the one who's just telling you to trust her. She doesn't tell you a plan. Meanwhile, Handsome Jack's like, look, I can hack into these and it'll be totally cool and fine. Yeah, this this uh, is one of the uh, instances where I felt like my, uh, our shared documented Boy Scout mentality about these telltale choices has really gotten the better of me because I did pick Fiona as well. And Fiona's answer is just to sort of drop a grenade on the ground right next to them. <laughs> and then it explodes, yeah, and, hope- and that's credits. <laughs> and as soon as she did that dumb bullshit, I thought, well, damn, I definitely should have trusted Handsome Jack instead. 
That was a bad I idea. Wasn't ca- I, wa- I wasn't counting on your solution being to drop a grenade right next yeah, to us. Yeah, you said you had an idea, like, throw the grenade at the turret robot. Uh, what I didn't expect was throwing the great at- grenade at us. I don't even know what that solves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I, as Reese, am seeing these grenades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of had a feeling that the grenades would be part of it, uh, her solution, but... Fiona does not vocalize exactly what she wants to do. And maybe at the beginning of episode three, we're going to see, um, oh, Fiona had a plan all along, but I kind of think we won't. I kind of think like, uh, Fiona messed up and you should have trusted handsome Jack. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do like that because you have that connection with Fiona more than I assume you would with handsome Jack, Mm -hmm. it does kind of level the choices more than I would expect. Yeah, I mean, as a character, maybe Reese would have a lot more respect for Handsome Jack than you, the player, would. Yeah. Um, But that aspect of Reese is not played up that much in this, uh, in in the narrative that you've seen of the canon of Tales from the Borderlands. Vaughn does kind of say, like, oh, yeah, you're obsessed with Handsome Jack. You got all those, like, posters. Yeah, because fundamentally reese still wants to be the person that like takes over hyperion he he's he is a friend to fiona and sasha he's a nice enough guy generally but he's he is like in the handsome jack following sphere of hyperion employees uh but you the player never get that enough and i especially if you played borderlands 2 i bet you would probably feel like Okay, well, Handsome Jack is the bad guy, so, you know, you need to think of right. him as the bad guy. Uh, maybe if there was more that endeared Handsome Jack to the player, this would be uh, a, a more equal choice. But as it is, I think you're just supposed to pick Fiona, and you're supposed to feel bad about picking Fiona because she did <laughs> not have a plan. Well, I don't know. It's like I was saying, like, Handsome Jack's plan sounded like more of a surefire thing. Like, he told you, I can just straight up hack these and it'll be cool. So I do feel like even though... he he said that, but, like, in order to do that, you'd have to give him access to your cyber brain, which could, you know, potentially lead to a cyber ghost possessing you forever. I wouldn't want that. That's true. He was, like, possessing his arm earlier. Yeah, and and he's he's not even if you like Handsome Jack in the way that you're like idolizing a professional in your field, you are not going to think, "Oh yeah, but if it's cool if he owns my body." Yeah, he can just use it. Yeah. I don't need my arms all the time. <laughs> I just need them for my special moments. Okay, Dustin. Okay. Uh, do we have any other thoughts before we get into our uh, our segments? I gotta be honest, I barely had any thoughts to get through this. <laughs> oh, man. That's so mean to say, but I mean it in the least mean way I can. Just It, it just wasn't a super, super eventful episode, and you just kind of go through it. Um, there were two moments that are not my golden moments, so I want to just make sure we bring them up. Okay. Uh, at the very beginning of the episode, you need a an Atlas employee's eyeball to yeah. uh, succeed an eye scan. So you find a dead Atlas employee in that area you're in, 
and he's in a uh, like a coffin and you find a spork and fiona uses the spork to remove the eye from his head and it sucks uh and then in in this is pure borderlands humor right here turns out that coffin was not a coffin but a stasis chamber and he was not dead but in stasis uh so he was alive while you removed the eyeball from his skull if he wakes up he's gonna have quite a surprise yeah i thought we were gonna be given the option like hey should we put a bullet in this guy before we leave just to make sure he does not wake up from this because this is (laughs) awful (laughs) we left him in not a great spot yeah uh yeah genuinely rude i would say (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if if nothing else he's gonna die from blood loss so that's you can't just keep him in stasis after that uh well you know everyone makes mistakes yeah so i that was rough and also you only get the eye on your second time because halfway through the first time reese screams because he's having a weird out-of-body experience with handsome jack for the first time and when he screams fiona i guess splits the eye in half by accident whoops Uh, i'm glad they didn't like show the whole time i was worried are you gonna show this (laughs) yeah they they kind of show parts of it uh but never the like scooping into the skull part it's always from his perspective yeah it's it's from his perspective which like imagine playing this in vr and they're scooping and your eye scooping out. Scooping your eye out. Ooh. Imagine LASIK surgery simulator in VR. <laughs> that Whoa. sounds like a good seller. That that's that's worse than any horror game. Uh that would scare <laughs> the shit out of me. Uh seriously. Yeah. Okay. Um The other moment is when Sasha and Fiona are at Felix's house. Sasha goes, hey, uh, we're probably not going to eat for a while. Do you want a sandwich? And she makes this like grilled cheese sandwich on the on the stove. And it looked so good. And I can't I hadn't eaten anything that day by the time I was playing it. <laughs> you wanted to go inside the game and get the, I sandwich. Wanted the sandwich, especially because they fight the bounty hunters and the sandwich ends up on the ground and they don't do anything. No about one. It and they, no one gets the no sandwich. one gets the sandwich. I was pissed off. I wanted that sandwich a lot. It sounded so good. Just like a grilled cheese sandwich out of nowhere. Yes, please. I looked at those two guys and I said, you fuckers. Yeah, at least you should have the sandwich. Someone should have the sandwich. I don't care if it's Fiona. Eat eat that sandwich off the ground, you piece of shit. I hope Athena went back and got it. Yeah. Yeah. She said, well, I didn't catch my targets. I guess I'll have this sandwich. Yeah, you gotta. Every assassin needs a pick me up for if they don't kill someone. (laughs) (laughs) i'm just imagining the the end of that uh i think you should leave sketch uh did you kill anyone not really (laughs) uh segments we got some segments dustin you got a weekly guy you know what i i don't feel super strongly about these segments this week just because the episode didn't do that much for me but i do have an answer i picked loaderbot (laughs) Because he saves your guys' ass twice. And he just seems like a nice guy. Mm. I would be friends with Loderbot, maybe. So for everything that we said about Patrick Warburton not fitting the role, maybe, with Vasquez, I think my weekly guy actually is Vasquez. 
Interesting. Uh, How come? He he's growing into a cooler villain. Um when you make fun of if you make fun of Vasquez for the the wallet head thing that like he has a memory of Vasquez just very coldly says, "Yeah, after the scientists are done with your body, I'm going to ask him to save some of your skin so I can make it into a wallet and every time I look at it, I'll remember the look on your face right now." And Handsome Jack says, <laughs> whoa that was more than i expected from this guy and it was it was for me too he's kind of growing into this uh power unto himself very uh very casual about just asking vaughn and reese to dig their own graves fun villain he wasn't that fun in the first episode i think his role is is one of the big improvements between episode one and two See, I I didn't necessarily get that from him this time. He's still he's a little better. I didn't I wasn't like in love with the guy here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm interested in seeing where they take him. He he does seem like he's growing more into that villainous role. Yeah, my my other weekly guy contender, um, maybe it's this one, maybe it's Vasquez, is Scooter. Uh, for all Scooter's the reasons really we already good. talked about. Yeah. Boy, Scooter, Scooter's fun. I feel like each episode kind of has this one weirdo in it. Like, this time was Scooter, last time was Shade. Oh, yeah, Shade. I, like I forgot that. about Shade. Shade rules. Shade might be, like, a top Telltale character. Yeah, so for the audience at home, we haven't brought this up yet, but, yeah, Elephant in the Room, we've we've had some difficulty getting this episode out. Uh, so there's been some Well, we had time. difficulty getting the last episode out. We had difficulty getting the last episode out uh, because we were recorded it at a normal time after the csi episode uh we played it we recorded it we were ready to go i was about to edit it my computer uh fried my there was a power surge maybe and my motherboard was just completely dead we took it into a very professional um old school computer repair shop uh and it was just it, it it felt like walking into the 90s. It was it was great. It was this really old school <laughs> computer repair shop that kind of made me pause for a second and wonder like is my computer too new for you? It's it looks like you only repair computers from the 1980s. But no, it was not <laughs> and they can of course do any kind of computer. Uh, I I shouldn't have been so judgmental. They were great. Um, I'm glad it all worked out in the end. Yeah, and I just got a new motherboard, which was um, unfortunately expensive, but fine. Uh, and all of the extra parts on my computer ended up not being affected. So my CPU still worked and uh, all of my memory was saved still. So it was it's all good. I had the, the uh, audio file from last week's episode. I put it out there. I put it out there a little bit before Monday last week. So the gap between that episode and this episode you're hearing now is probably also longer than normal. But uh, now, provided my computer doesn't explode again, we are back in business. One episode a week, baby, until we uh, die. I don't know. (laughs) I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We are a little bit past halfway. We're, We're nearly at 80 out of 140. Um, that's a lot well it, it is a lot i guess we're, we're pretty close to i think we're closer to halfway than that would imply because we are adding five episodes now for new tales of the borderlands after that that doesn't factor into the 140 number oh that's true yeah 
and uh, we did return to Monkey Island, which also doesn't factor into the uh, 140 number. We don't count those in the show episode count, but I guess that would put us up to 146 now. Uh, That's that was fun. I like when we did that one. Wait, what one? Uh, return oh, to Monkey I thought, Island. <laughs> I thought you just meant the conversation about the numbers. And like, is Dustin giving <laughs> me the biggest raz ever? Like, yeah, I know it's no, not no, the no. most interesting podcast material we can talk about. <laughs> I just thought I was informing just people. Just sit down, just sit down and wait for it to end. Don't say <laughs> that a word. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, what an asshole thing for me to say. <laughs> Dustin, what's your golden moment? I just really like the beginning, the opening when you're running around from the uh, the moon shots. Yeah. And it does the slow motion part. It really was kind of the one part that felt really action-y this episode. Yeah, I wrote that my golden moment was specifically within that, like the slow motion, shoe slipping, cool song moment. Yeah, that's when they do the opening credits. Yeah, and it it was good. It was a it, a really good one. Uh, yeah, that that is also my golden moment. We nice. agree. We're we're in sync on that one. Choice cut. So I had to go with either trusting Fiona or trusting Handsome Jack, but the reason that is is because I couldn't remember any other choices in that episode. So uh, mine is not. That I guess that was the. But I I definitely have one that resonated with me. Okay. Um, so after the first meetup with Vasquez, when you find out that Vaughn maybe betrayed you, but also maybe he was just lying to Vasquez to, to cover up for you or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're flying away with Loderbot. Vaughn goes, look, Reese, I was never going to betray you. I hope you know that. I was. It, it was just for uh, getting a little distance from Vasquez. And you have the option of forgiving Vaughn or not. And this is not my my choice cut, but I forgave Vaughn just because I don't think it's worth the fight. Uh, Right. uh, And they say, like, bro, I would never, I would never betray you. You know that. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. And then Vaughn puts out his fist for a fist bump. And even though I just said, I totally forgive you, I just waited there and I didn't fist bump him. And if you don't, (laughs) if you don't fist bump him, uh, (laughs) Reese's eyes just like... Uh, slim down and go like yeah do I really forgive you <laughs> and, and that's my choice <laughs> cut after you forgive you know him, choosing whether or not to fist bump him is great you know what's so funny about that is my scene went the exact opposite route so I didn't tell him I didn't forgive him but I was just kind of like we're gonna talk about this later <laughs> yeah and then he's like yeah uh, yeah okay but uh, we still had the, like, bro, bro, bro. So I guess I forgave him afterwards Did anyway. you fist bump? I think I did. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I fist bumped him because we got the whole, bro, 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 bro. I would never do that, bro. Bro, I know. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, and that might be, that might have been how it happened, or that might have been a retelling from P- uh, Fiona's perspective of them just saying bro all the time. Oh, I thought that was uh, Reese telling that part. It of the was story. Reese telling that part of the story, but then it it pans out to Fiona, and Fiona is clearly like puppeting their voices at, in that moment. Oh, saying, right, oh right, bro, right, bro, right, bro, right, bro, 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 uh, which which is weird. Like Fiona wasn't there for that. Why would she? 
Why would she be in charge of telling this part? Reese was probably do it, doing it first, going, bro, bro, bro. Oh, and then, yeah. re- like, after that, she goes, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she really wants to step in whenever she can and just... Definitely, like, an elementary school crush level of picking on someone. <laughs> yeah. She really does not want to let him look cool at all. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, that's the the choice cut. And, and so your your yours was picking Fiona or Handsome Jack. Yeah, I just couldn't remember any other choices. I guess I like the part where you have to choose to hack the car or the gun. The car or just the just because gun, it's yeah. like either way you can't go wrong. It's you know you're going to get something fun. What's interesting is that there is one choice in particular during this episode that they really play up as being important. Uh, w- which is going to Old Haven or Hollow Point first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while you're on the map screen and you can choose which town you want to go to first, Reese is talking out loud to saying, yeah, sometimes I talk out loud when I have to make a really big decision that yeah, matters. Yeah, they're really, in... really trying to drive it yeah, home. Like, I guess we don't have a, a reference for how much this matters because we don't. both of us did the same thing. Uh, I I have a hard time believing this matters that much. But they seem to really drive that, like, this is the one that matters. I guess it's part of the joke, because they were really playing up how serious. Like, this is just such a big choice. Maybe it is. Maybe if you go to Old Haven first, like, Fiona just gets so mad at you that they don't work together. I don't know. That's true. It could. Who knows at this point? Maybe you find an elephant if you go there first. Man, (laughs) that would have been great. (laughs) <laughs> it's like not part of the story they're just like whoa cool i mean <laughs> it, 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 in the in the last of us that is kind of a moment with some giraffes yeah they see the giraffes <laughs> i'm just imagining like the last scene in the episode where you see like uh, uh august has sasha at gunpoint and uh vasquez has vaughn but I'm imagining an, an elephant in the back just going crazy. Just going like... <laughs> they, they, there's like one grunt has the elephant at gunpoint. The the, gulf, the elephant looks all scared. <laughs> it's in slow motion. You see the elephant like freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's my favorite part of the episode. And it didn't actually happen in the episode now. So yeah. I think that's a good Maybe time next to end time. the podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah all right all right well okay we'll see you next time for tales from the borderlands episode three will it uh will it be interesting we'll find out soon i hope i'd I'd love it i'd love it to be i bet it will be yeah yeah i i i don't think that this episode will be the metric for the future episodes in the season that much yeah i'd love to see some interesting stuff happen I feel like it, I mean, this is just expectations at this point, but I've heard enough people say that Tales from the Borderlands is really good, like one of the best Telltales, that I would assume it gets a lot more interesting after this one. Yeah, I I mean, I would hope so, but also maybe just episode one is so strong that it Mm -hmm. stays with people a long time. Yeah, maybe that'll be a that'll be a bad thing in our case. Maybe it'll just make everything else not quite live up to it. But I guess we'll see. No, I I, I won't 
I won't hold that against it because I still think this episode is more interesting than most Wallace and Gromits or, or uh, <laughs> certainly We know CSIs. your feelings on Wallace. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it was, it was a good, it was a pretty solid uh, episode compared to yeah. like a middle of the season Walking Dead or something. Uh, I don't know if actually, I actually, yeah, you're right. Far. I don't know. Maybe season two, <laughs> episode four, Walking Dead. We didn't like that much. Yeah, I'd put this over that definitely. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll see. It, yeah. We'll see if it continues at that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> glowing review standard, or uh, <laughs> maybe just gets a little bit better next time on Telling the Tale. And until then, we'll see ya. Goodbye.